All right, folks, here we go, AM 1400 KSHP in Las Vegas. We've got Sports Insider Radio for you midweek. Race into the weekend, the division around of the NFL playoffs. College football's behind us, NBA, college hoops, NHL, Olympics, all kinds of great stuff on the horizon. SportsInsiderRadio.com, 1-800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas, joined by our good friends in Baltimore and soon to be in Las Vegas, our buddy John and our good friend Mike joining us on a Wednesday. Hello, boys. How's it going today? Oh, we're doing great. It's a, it's a great day. Very warm. I'm happy. I mean, finally, the two degrees. Well, tell them what warm is. What's your definition of warm? Right now, I have to check, but I think it's about 44. That's warm. I almost wore shorts. Like, literally, I left the gym. It was The windows were cracked a little bit. It was. I was feeling it, Brian. <laughs> you know, you get acclimated, Brian, just like you get acclimated to being cold in Vegas. We yes, get sir. acclimated to being warm in 40. No, I know. I mean, you come out here, and I'm all bundled up, and you're, you're running around in a T-shirt. Exactly. I mean, it never gets cold to me in Vegas. But let's talk about one thing. I've been looking at statistics and trends, and now that football is over, and you have to buckle down and look to get see where you can make your money, first thing is you're in Vegas, and I'm in Baltimore, and do you know the two top money teams in the NHL are the Capitals and Vegas? Yep. When are they going to play each other? When are you coming I, to a I, Vegas somebody... Capital game? Well, they're playing soon uh, when they get back from the break. Vegas does have the caps on the schedule. Uh, there, There's articles in the paper, and they're talking about the inordinate amount of money, uh, that the liability that's out there for the sports books with the Golden Knights success. And I think the number is something along the lines of if you bet $100 on the Golden Knights all season long, you're plus 2300 bucks. <laughs> Hello. Right. And and here's here's the thing, because it's what this is, goes back to – our trading sports versus betting on sports, and we have the longer hour platform here, is that people that don't understand that baseball and NHL are the most profitable sports for that reason, because you're playing the money line, not my team won and didn't cover. And I have some stats that will blow you. I'm going to just give you this first stat early in the show to show you how hard it is to win if you flat bet. You see a lot of quote-unquote experts telling you, bet everything the same and you need to win a very high percentage and the pros the syndicates they don't do that they they manage their wagers based upon the information that they have just like each stock has a different price each game has a different value now brian if i told you i was up i'm not up this i'm just using this as an argument if i told you i was up 77 games this season in basketball meaning i had 77 more wins than losses if I marketed that, if I put that on my website and said, I'm, one, I'm up 77 games, the average gambler would look at that and go, that's amazing. That win-loss percentage is amazing. Well, guess what, Brian? So far this college basketball season, if you bet every favorite, you are 887 wins and 810 losses. So you are up 77 games if you did nothing but lay the number on every college basketball game that's on the board. But here's where it gets tricky and why bookmakers will always stay in business. Yep. 887 at $100 a game, you win 88700 810 games at 110 a game, if you don't get reduced juice, you lose 89100 You are minus $400 for the season. Most gamblers cannot wrap their head around the fact that you're up 77 games and you're down $400. And that's where that VIG is such a big difference and then I'll let you guys go from there. But it is amazing when you look at it that way. Over a huge litmus test of almost 2,000 games so far that have played. I'm just impressed Mike that he can throw litmus test into a sports talk show. Uh, well, don't worry. We got yes. other words, too. Yeah, we got, but, but, but really, can you imagine that, Brian? You're up 77 games, and you're down 400 bucks betting $100 yeah. a game. Oh, the old juice. 
Yeah, it's a wonderful one. That old juice, and I think most clients, when they call up here at the office, they say, I just want to go 8-2, and two. I want to go 8-3. and three. They don't understand. Even if they, went, if they were a net 77, if you're going to play the same amount, the only way you can overcome the VIG is to variate your wagers and have a different size. And I go back to just like each stock has a different value, you have to have a power rating system, i.e. what Kenny would say, and know some games are worth risking more money on. And you can do the... Right now, for instance, Vegas is twenty nine and twelve, and Tampa's thirty one and twelve. Washington's twenty seven and sixteen, and Winnipeg's twenty six and eighteen. But we know that those numbers don't really mean anything unless you're getting the right prices. If you're getting dog money or even money, because you could be twenty nine and twelve. If, if for, take Vegas as an example, but if they were huge favorites and they were laying two bucks every game, it wouldn't matter. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And speaking of, Mr. White joins us in studio. Uh, good to see Kenny. How you doing, Kenny? We got got the Carson Wentz thing. You're all ready to roll. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm the Carson is, Wentz backer. Is, is Not that, Car- Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Is it whoa. Wentz? What is it? It's a Foles jersey. Wow. Where are you kidding me? Where did <laughs> you? Where did you get that? Uh, is that an omen? Are MB- you trying to? Are you trying to tell us something? MVP of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. He's. He's got one of the highest winning percentages of any starting quarterback. He was amazing. I'm going to have to come with a special jersey next Wednesday when I'm in studio with you guys. I I think Kenny's trying to tell us something here. But the irony is, as we'll dive in and and start talking about uh, the divisional round of the playoffs, and and let's just start with this, Kenny. I mean, and that jersey kind of is the tipping point. Um, We've talked about it on this show. We've talked about it for the last year in Vegas, how uh, NFL lines, which used to be – you know, pretty much you rubber stamp them, you knew what they, they would be, but one week to the next now in the last year and a half, two years, really volatile. Uh, and I, Philly, you, you know, Atlanta could go in here and win this game. Uh, it's funny, I just I, I look at this number, Atlanta minus three and the total of 41.5, and I'm looking at it, and to me, I'm seeing San Diego at Kansas City about three weeks ago. Uh, with the division on the line, and San Diego was a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite on the road, and I'm going, that doesn't look right. That does not make sense. It does not compute to me. And here's the number one seed sitting here catching three, the first time ever a number one seed's been a dog at home since they implemented this format. Now, can Atlanta go in and win? They got back class. They're on a roll. They beat the ramp. Yeah, I get it. But everybody's like, well, okay, the last game was meaningless. It was a throwout for the Eagles. The game before, Foles struggled, but they still won the game and locked down home field advantage. I, I personally look at this, and the odds makers got it right because if this is what the market is, uh, and, and it's sitting on three for the most part, and it's not budging, but I look at it, and I, you know, you've always you've been the guy to tell me that a backup could come in, and he could look uh, horrible or great. You know, but more often than not, they'll come in and struggle, and then you get this ridiculous overreaction in the line, and then the guy gets a week of practice with the ones, and all of a sudden the guy's what they thought he would be, but there was the overreaction in the number. And I think at this late date, we're looking at the, that scenario with this game. Am I missing something? Is the right team favored? There are so many factors. You, you just brought a great factor into the equation, and, and, and it was two weeks. He's had two weeks practice with the first-teamers. So that, that's a big deal. Um, this guy's also an established NFL quarterback. And as I said, I, I think his record as a starting quarterback with the Eagles back when he was the starter, something like 24 and 4, 24 and 5, something like that. He had a ridiculous record. He was amazing. He's only had one playoff start, though. Now, let's take another factor. We saw it last week happen. We see it in the NBA every year in the playoffs. When the eight seed plays the one seed, what happens? The eight gives them everything they got because they've been playing playoff, playoff basketball, basketball for and two hockey, weeks. Hockey's, the, hockey's same the same way, and and, and the one seed, maybe more so. What has the one seed been doing for the last three weeks? Nothing. Yeah. Philadelphia. What have they been doing for the last four weeks? They've been doing absolutely nothing. Same thing with the Rams and, and Falcons last week. Right. The Rams had had it all locked up. They you were can't. Playing, raise, they were just playing football. The it, Falcons had a playoff game the week before. It's the level of intensity that, even though you know it's a playoff game, when you've been fat and happy all year long, you 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 cited the NBA. The reality of it is, I mean, in terms of the number, they're covering the games. Uh, the reality in hockey is the six, seven, and eight seeds 
can take the teams out and win the series. An eight's not going to beat a one in the NBA. Well, we, we saw it last week in the wild card. Right. Everybody, everybody I listened to said, I can't even make a case for one of these dogs. How could I make a case? These look like the four best teaser teams <laughs> there ever do. was. But, yeah, and how they do because, you know what, the four underdogs, oh, four. the four <laughs> underdogs all played a playoff game the week before where the other for four weeks teams. they were playing. Yeah, for weeks they were trying to get. And the other teams were playing for weeks, but I think the other teams kind of had, you know, especially the Rams had their game set up. They were already in. Jacksonville had clinched a couple weeks before that. You know, and that's Well, i got to tell point. you one thing. Mike was really happy he had Kansas City at halftime. Well, we don't just talk about the winners. We'll talk about the losers. You know, the collapsing of some of these teams is amazing. What do you say to the coach? When you go into the locker room, I mean, none of us are coaches. Maybe you guys coach Little League or whatever. But, I mean, how's a professional team like Kansas City that started 5-0 and go into halftime, and unless Mike's just the curse, and he texts me and he says, man, look at this easy winner, and then whoop. I mean, it's just amazing the tale of two halves in these games. Same thing, well, obviously, in the Alabama game on Monday. Well, we, I knew going into the half we were in trouble. When Kelsey's got hurt at the end of the first half, he's such a big portion of that passing attack to stretch the field. They were going to lock it down in the second half, and they knew that the only person they had to take out was Tariq Hill. And as long as they could double cover him, the run wouldn't be that prevalent. And they well, they never the ran shot. the they ball. They, the they beat themselves. You got the leading rusher in the league, and he ran five times in the second half. Uh, the, the, the other equation in that game, and these are the intangibles and the things you have no control over, the referee decided the football game, and there's just no getting around that, even though it was very, very early on. Uh, it's 14 nothing, and the, you know it's a car accident. Uh, Mariota gets hit. I mean, the guy just runs in and blasts him, and he fumbles the football, and somehow Triplett says, oh, his forward progress was stopped. They end up going down, getting a field goal in that game, stop the bleeding, instead of KC getting the ball at the 30 coming in to go up 17 or 21 nothing. And those are kind of things that in the meat of a game, that takes the air out of a balloon for a team. That that was a bad call. That really was. That was a fumble. Horrible call. That ball was out. That was Kansas City's football. And and yeah, that's part of the national championship game. There was four blown calls in the game. All of them the went Alabama. on a blocked punt. Yeah, all of them went Alabama's yeah. way. Every call went Alabama's way. When, when by the way, uh, and you sit there, you you know, not being a conspiracy there, but when, when Georgia's in complete control of the game and the game's in danger, <laughs> they, they they contributed to make it a game, and then it was great. We'll stay with the NFL for now, and then we'll like, sorry yeah. to get you into college. But, you know, there's so many factors that go into the game that we're, when you're handicapping the game this week, we were just talking about Philadelphia. Is Foles going to be ready? Is his team going to believe in him? Do they have the confidence in him like they have the confidence in Wentz? Hopefully so, but Atlanta has been there. They got the pedigree. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They have way more uh, playoff experience than the Eagles have, so it's not just Foles. It's the entire Eagles team. They have no playoff experience, so it's a brand new world for them as well. Everybody, offense and defense. And go inside the game for just a second as you look at this game. See, I, th- I think Schwartz is a big X factor. I thought Wade Phillips was with the Rams. Did he and, say X and he, yeah, and he wasn't able to get, get it done last week. But I, I look at this game, and you look at it, and you're thinking, oh, Atlanta. And you're thinking, okay, great running backs, and you got Julio Jones, and you got Ryan slinging it all around. I got news for you. Atlanta's winning this game. Their defense is flying around like lunatics right now. Atlanta's defense, very sneaky how good they are. They are, but let's throw this in. Did the turnovers help the defense? Because they were never on the field. Yeah, they, the, the Rams turned it over three times, and it was like, oh, my God, Atlanta's got the ball back again. Atlanta's got it I don't know what the time of possession was, but I, I think it was pretty overwhelming, especially early in the first half when it was 13 nothing. It was two turnovers that led to points, and that could have been a completely different game. Turnovers, you know, make the game. I've always said that, Brian, and you can't predict who's going to turn the ball over. You really can't. Mike, let me throw a, a one off the wall with you because what we do here, what you guys do, uh, and what you have to do, uh, in this game is always be in look-ahead mode. So if you were looking for opportunities, and we first of all, you say try to get ahead of the number. I would actually look at this, and your handicap on the Atlanta-Philadelphia game uh, would have an impact on your handicap with, with the New Orleans and Minnesota game because the winner of the New Orleans-Minnesota game can likely 
go into Philadelphia and maybe beat a flawed Eagles team. We'll see how the game unfolds. But beyond that, if Atlanta wins, the winner of the New Orleans-Minnesota game would then be hosting the championship with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So I sit there, and if you if you think it's New Orleans or you think it's Minnesota, I think whatever team you like in that game, I think that is the value play, and I hate that word. You know I hate that word. But I think you would get an overlaid price on either one of those teams, future odds to win the Super Bowl. But the winner of the game on Sunday has a real opportunity to host the championship game or go in and win the championship game against a team with a quarterback that's suspect. So I, if you, you know, I, I, I would look at that. I, at New Orleans, is, I thought Minnesota it was all set up. But I look at New Orleans that they can run and they've got a good defense. And then the crazy thing is and their quarterbacks they can close the game out if they get the lead. That's what they've done all year long. And then, oh boy, if they happen to fall behind, who would you rather have slinging it around to bring you back than Drew Brees? How would you, who would you like swing, swing, slinging it around from the beginning of the game? Forget about if you're behind. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and, and he's been to the Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl. So, um they they have a really good defense too. They're finally, but the, but they are falling apart a little bit. They have they've lost some players on defense. You know, Vaccaro's out. The, the, one of their top linebackers is out. One of their top off the defensive linemen. So the Saints I, defense I, is a little suspect. Let me just tell a quick little story. It's funny you brought that up because you and I uh, we went to Radio Row and we were down in Miami for that Super Bowl when uh, New Orleans played Indianapolis. And I'm telling you, Kenny, we walked around there. If you'd have done a survey. It was nine out of every ten, and it, it was I, there wasn't one person uh, in Radio Row, and we did shows, and we were guests on shows around the country. It was this Indianapolis love affair, and you and I happened to be walking around loving New Orleans. Yeah. But it was one of those things when the whole world's on one side, you best be running the other way. Yeah, that was the that was the Peyton Manning thing. Everybody was just in well, love listen, with Manning. you know, on the best. When the world on one side, just to segue into stats as a whole, whether it's college or pro, Mike was sending me these stats on Monday. Um, you know, ten and one against the spread, ten and one, ten and one against their opponent coach. But you know, as sports betters, like we say, we're always worried about the number. If you're going to look at the, who, the 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 world being on Alabama. I always go back to line management. Don't lay three and a half. So this goes back to, like I did a video on Tuesday, which is congratulations to Alabama. Hopefully you're, if you were Alabama better, you didn't lay three and a half because who cares? In the end of the day, you have to be emotionless if it comes down to the, the business of betting. And look, we keep talking about Alabama winning. The media talks about Alabama winning. But the reality is the sports books probably cleaned up because everybody laid that half a point. And the reality is we all know Georgia got the money. I was on Georgia not because I liked the game, just because I'm not going to lay three and a half. And I figured I'll just take the three and a half, and it could be a three-point game, and it wound up being a three-point game, regardless of the direction. So, you know, but stat-wise, what is he, 10-1 and one against opposing coaches, 10-1 and one against a spread going into that game. Yeah, it was an amazing catch. They won, but guess what? If you laid three and a half and didn't buy that half a point, you're a loser. And since we're on that game, I'm amazed at one thing. This guy's the greatest coach in college football. How does he not got this kid starting all a quarterback year. all year long? <laughs> you know. kidding me? They're giving him all this credit and that. I thought the same thing. Are you serious? You oh, put he him might, in. I might never see him again. He might roll right to the NFL. Who knows? No, he can't. But no, Ken, no. let me ask you a question. I mean, with obviously that, that's a good point as well. I mean, with Jalen being, with Hurts being, you know, the offensive player of the year in the SEC last year, he just rolled with him. But seeing that this guy, I mean, I mean, I've done actually research on this guy, and I know when he was in Dilfer's. Uh, quarterback camp, Dilfer said he's the best dual threat quarterback he's ever seen. So the well, they said in the spring, they said the spring training game, Mike, he lit, he lit it up in the spring. It's like, and everybody knew. Uh, and he just ran the wave with what he got. But uh, well, it, it also speaks volumes to the depth of the recruiting at schools of that level. Alabama never gets but a guy like just, that. Go ahead, it Mike. wasn't just him either. I mean, they had the rookie, they had the freshman running back, the freshman receiver. I mean, those three guys on offense literally accompanied for most of the points and yards in the second half. So him putting those guys in that weren't even getting playing time. The receiver was, but uh, playing time, the running back, 22, he was in there the whole second half. And it's like, where's this guy been all year? So, I mean, they have, obviously, they have two or three tiers of, you know, first-round talent. And these guys just filter in every year. 
it's just amazing that we didn't see this guy all season. Well, and the you crazy know, we, thing we, was yeah, when you watched when you watched that, um, and he was spectacular. Uh, at the end, he didn't manage the clock well to do the kneel down. I thought Saban was going to kill him. And then both <laughs> freshman quarterbacks get in overtime. Well, the one thing, the one thing you can't do is take a sack. And the Bama sack was way worse than the Georgia one, where they were all the way out to the 42. And then he comes up on the next play, and I'm telling you that two-thirds of the quarterbacks in the NFL don't do what that kid did on that play. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll, even quarterbacks at the NFL level stare down guys. He froze the safety. He looked one way, and then he turned and fired the other he way. He didn't just freeze the safety. The safety broke to the left 10 yards because yeah. he thought he was going to the left. Yeah. He really did. He he had that set up, and that was amazing. That's, but I, I still, I see that quarterback, and Mike's right. I, I've seen the recruiting on him. He wanted to go to USC so badly, but he got this offer from Alabama. Couldn't refuse. He was a, a lead 11 quarterback. Uh, tremendous skills, and and I didn't even really remember if he played a lot. And when when he came in the game, I thought, how much did he play this year? And I went and looked at his stats. He's threw like eighty passes, completed seventy percent, threw eight touchdowns to one interception, and ran like a reindeer when he was running the ball. Yeah. Like this guy's really good, but can he do it in this stage? And I said to Brian ten years ago. Freshmen couldn't do this, but it's amazing how much more talent they have. Maybe well, we see it. We do, we do the high school football games yeah. on television yeah. in Las Vegas, and we watch it on an individual night basis. And you know what? Even if the game, and unfortunately this year we had a boatload of them. It's kind of a cyclical thing. We had a bunch of blowout games. But we sit there and do these football games, Kenny, and literally uh, some of the individual plays that are turned in are highlight reel stuff in this valley. We just shake our head. But, I mean, there are numerous times throughout the course of year going, that kid's playing Saturdays at a high level. He's playing. And what what do we get maybe? Three, honestly, and which is unfair to the kid, but there are three or four or five of these kids, maybe three, maybe five. There'll be three kids a year we'll be watching a game going, that kid's going to play on Sunday. Yeah. And that's terrifying that you can, you, what, what, you, you know, you're putting undue pressure on a kid. But you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. You can see the talent difference in this uh Double K, he's an amazing quarterback. He really is. And I, I'm just, I was, when I saw what the things he did in that game, shame on Nick Saban for not putting him in as a starting quarterback but, in week but five. Kenny, but here's the thing. Since the people that are listening to this radio show, it's about betting as a business. What I go back to is with as great as Alabama was in the second half, as great as that quarterback was in the second half, you still lost your bet if you bet on Alabama. And that's why I, I go back to, you. I think you weren't in the studio yet, which was, you know, the, the power rating system that you employ is the way you're going to make money because in the end of the day, I don't know, I can't remember who you were on on Monday, but the reality is is that the, the Georgia money is what made the money because of proper line management and discipline and saying I'm not going to lay unless somebody bought it bought a point or bought a half a point. So again, you know, you have that you have the regular media talking about the games, but we're talking about the games with the point spreads. And like I was telling Brian before you walked in, favorites right now are winning at 53% in college basketball. They're up 77 games, but if you've bet every game for $100 with 110 vig, you're down $400. So that just goes to show you how hard it is to beat the book. You're 887 and 810 out, you're up 77 games. You're down $400. And amazing so, you say that. You know, I go, the, 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 go you, the favorites are up 53%, but this past weekend there was so many upsets of top 25 teams, and right now it's a record number of upsets of top 25 teams by unranked teams. It's never happened before. This is the most well, ever at this point of the season. So this, this is like and I was going to bring that up to you. I was going to bring that up to you. That look at the top teams to bet on in college basketball. None of them are in the top twenty-five. South Alabama, Portland State, William and Mary, East Tennessee State, and Northern Kentucky. Those are good teams too. No all all of them are good, really good teams. That's why they're covering spreads. Good coach teams, and and they're good. But the fifty-three percent, I guarantee you, by the by from now to the end of the year. It's going to be about fifty. It's going to be fifty percent from now to the end of the year, maybe maybe slightly under fifty percent for the favorites, which there'll be a strong amount of number of games. So at the end of the year, this year, favorites are going to cover fifty one percent. So I go back to what my original uh, point with you is: 
how can anybody make money flat betting the same amount on every game? You can't. If you're up 77 games and you're down 400 bucks, and the average client that calls my office, whether he's calling to get your selections at oddsxfactor.com or he's calling to get our selections, they all say the same thing. I say, how do you, have you been doing so far? Well, what do you normally bet a game? I bet a buck a game. Would well, you ever variate your wager? No. So if you were on the phone talking to that client, what would you tell that guy that says, I just bet every game for $100, it's one ten or one 100 and I'm trying to win seven out of every ten. That's impossible. One of those games has to be better than the others, and one is probably worse than the others. But I have always said, and you mentioned it a, radio, a couple radio shows ago, I've always said you have to have something going for you to be successful betting sports, which means you have to have some really good information on a team or two, a coach or two, not to know them, but you've read something and this coach said he's going to slow things down and they were running, right. or or you have to have enough betting outs that, you know what, you're a $100 better, but all of a sudden you see two of your outs, one of them's got minus three on a basketball game and the other has, plus, has minus five, and you see a tremendous middle opportunity, you bet a dime on the minus three and you bet a dime plus five, and you're betting $100 basically for a shot to win 2000 maybe side the game and win 1000 That's something going for you besides betting $100 every single game in seven games. I agree with you 100%. Got to have and, you. Got to have something else going for you. And to your point, I had a client call in, and he said, "I have nine and a half at one place on the Warriors, and I have ten and a half. I said, "Bet both sides the final." Look, we got lucky, one twenty-four to one fourteen two nights ago. Depending upon your number, you had nine and a half, you had ten, you had ten and a half. But here he hit the middle. And he's thinking, "I'm Houdini." I go, "No." If you have a discrepancy and one guy's giving you nine and a half and one guy's giving you ten and a half, and I like that three nine. You know, three, six, nine, and then even ten paid basically in the NBA. Take a shot, go both ways, risk one percent to win two hundred percent. But I, I go back to the flat betting of games, which to me seems very outdated, is something that I still notice is pervasive with all the gamblers. Their whole concept of winning money is calling and saying to Mike, what is the winning percentage you guys produce? As if it would matter if you were up 77 games, you'd still be down money. <laughs> well, you know, and the other thing, and, and I'll bring it up, and this will be the last time I bring it up, because this may be the third or fourth week in a row we brought it up. But that is that is the point of you're always trying to be uh, in look-ahead mode uh, to try to get uh, ahead of the number, get the best of the number, or maybe get a piece of information or something that's going to help you. I remember, Kenny, I, I, I read the article. I saw the article. It was in uh, l- late October. And I said, watch out. College basketball said Buffalo is going to get a kid named Wes Clark. He's not eligible to start playing until December 16th. We've talked about this on this show now for two or three weeks in a row. Since this kid's come in, um, you know the only game they did not cover the spread against was Texas A&M, and they were right there. It was one of those things where there were eight, like eight fouls in the last 40 seconds. But and they A&M, are, A&M's only a top-10 team, and you're talking it, Mac it, against it, And A&M. they are now blowing teams out and their five losses are to teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament and it's just this little hidden nugget in the MAC they may be the best team in the MAC but in terms of your power rankings you make the adjustment yeah. I don't think the market has caught up with just how good this team is now it's going to get inflated and at some point it'll come back to the mean but that you want to try to get ahead of that and I'm, you look at a team like a hidden nugget like playing tonight is Oakland and Youngstown State this Oakland team it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. They got the kid Nunn scores twenty five a game. They have two other kids that score twenty points a game. Uh, now it's a total of one sixty six, uh, but at some point those totals are going to get up closer to one seventy. That at some point you say, "Oh, hey, what are we?" De-? So you're trying to get ahead of it. I guess is my point. Well, you bring up anything. You brought up Youngstown State. Jared Calhoun's their head coach. He started the first year. First thing he said was, "We're going to play up tempo on oh. offense and defense," and he did. But they got destroyed. They played up tempo that basketball for six games. I think all six games went over. Yep. And then he decided, I can't do this anymore because we're getting beat by thirty. We got to make a change. So he slowed things down. He still wants to go fast. So it's hard to tell what his team's going to do in a game, any situation now. But the first six games was easy over money. And that's the beauty of college basketball, right? Just because of the sheer volume of the menu, Mike. Mike, you listening? No, my phone cut out. No, but I agree. I mean, all of these, uh, the selections, it's very easy to just look on the board and look at the top 25 
and just and pick out the Dukes and the North Carolinas of the world, the Kentuckys of the world. But the real gems and the and the real diamonds in the rough are those the small schools that we all talk about. That the handle is just not as big. That it's not on TV. It's not the high profile game. But the lines are always off. And if like Kenny has the right power rating on the game, and the line is off by a substantial amount, that's where you could really find a lot of value going through the entire season, going into the conferences, you know, the conference games, going into the conference tournaments and into the actual tournament where most people are just looking again at those top 25 high-profile matchups that it, most cases like this year, a lot of these high, you know, these teams are losing outright. Hey, before we take a break, I, I would just say on, on that topic, Kenny, uh, that I say this always with the NHL. The first three months are pond hockey. Then it starts to tighten up a little bit. Uh, and then because the points are at a premium and teams are in perilous in the playoffs and start to play quote unquote playoff hockey a lot earlier, then you get the trade deadline and teams are actually now got their rosters and start to work towards the playoffs. So the totals, you know, the, the way the games are played, the scoring will come down. Happens every year in January. This year, last year they scored five point four goals a game uh, to start the season. The first three months, it's in excess of six. That will come back to the mean, just because that's the way hockey has always been played. Uh, but you know, you sit there. And you try to you know get ahead of things and, and look at certain intangibles that you know history repeats itself to college basketball. You just got out of a segment, the holidays, where the students are not at these home games. So you know, there's a, there's like a three four game window for teams where well they were blowing teams out and then the building's deader than a doornail because there were no students there. Then you get the conference play where familiarity breeds contempt. They know each other and the scores start to come down too. And those are I mean you could like you said uh, Youngstown State started a certain way, but just the the segment of the season knowing how history repeats itself is something you have to take into account. It's it's a very intangible thing, but it matters. Every game's a snowflake. So you're handicapping every game differently, and you're handicapping a non-conference game compared to a conference game completely differently, especially when you're handicapping a total. And we go back to the the favorites covering 53%. We're in conference now. These teams' familiarity with each other leads to more underdogs covering games, revenge games, because they played twice last year. Um, You get so many different factors that are factored into this that – it, that's why the point spread's 50-50. You just have to find the right information, the kid from Buffalo, uh, the coach for Youngstown State. Whatever that information is, you have to find it. Notre Dame, second-best player in the entire country. He's out. He's been out for two games. Notre Dame's 2-0 and covering point spreads without him in the lineup, plus their second-best player. He's out as well. They still beat Syracuse on the road. Um, they've got a game today against Georgia Tech. We'll see how they do. How are they going to do the next two or three weeks without Bonzi uh, Colson in the lineup? He's the second-best player in the entire country. And, Mike, we, we're talking college hoops in the laundry list of games that are available, but I know you guys, you probably had a finished soccer game or a – something nonsensical this morning but if it's on the board and you can win it yeah what was it well well, no we got a game starting in 45 minutes in israel a league there you go there you go (laughs) brian you know what i'm not only am i excited for this summer which you know we have the world cup brian so that's going to be such a huge look people in the united states they just don't care about soccer unless it's on TV. We all know this every year. And But when the World Cup is on and it's on ESPN, and ev- then everybody just gets into it. So, you know, we play soccer all year round at all hours of the day. Australian A-Leagues at 3 a.m. in the morning. We don't care the shape of the ball or what time the game starts. We're just looking for an edge. But when the summer comes, people, it's like football. There's nothing else on TV. Bo- baseball's too boring to watch. But with soccer, it just seems like people just get into it and which will be a huge summer approaching. All right, sportsinsiderradio.com. we got a lot of great information for you. Going to the top of the hour, check it out, 800-209-1679. 800-209-1679, sportsinsiderradio.com. We'll be back shortly. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. 
johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. All right, back with you, Sports Insider Radio. 1-800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. Brian Blessing. Sean and Mike Johnson.com on the hopper with us, and Kenny White is in studio. Real quick, uh, Kenny, let, we were talking during the break, and it, it's a great point. And it's funny, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the very beginning of the year. And it was Carolina played their first game at San Francisco in the NFL, and they looked great. I said, that, you know what? They had to fly home late on a Sunday, turn around, and even at the, out of the gate, that cross-country travel would impact their schedule getting ready. And sure enough, they, they were asleep at the switch the next game. Uh, I always talk about the, traveling up to Seattle is a nightmare. It's the, that, tra- that trip never ends. You're staring at Mount Rainier out the right side of a window for an hour and a half. It, you know, the travel matters. And you brought up a great point for the NFL games this week. You know, don't sleep on... Atlanta, you know, playing in L.A., flying back, and then having not only a shorter week, but they get the first game of the week on Saturday. The the travel thing could be a little bit of a stone in their shoe. Play Sunday, fly home, then practice, and then fly to Philadelphia. I mean, they they lose two days of practice compared to what the Eagles have. And the Eagles don't have to get in an airplane, so that's... that's, uh, you know, a lot of traveling that this Falcon team's doing. And you know what? They're a dome team, and everybody says dome teams aren't as good when they go outdoors. So you got two of them this weekend. Saints going outdoors to Minnesota. And, uh, oh, no, that's indoors now. That's, I'm that's sorry. Indoors, that's indoors, indoors, indoors now. Indoors. That's indoors yeah. now. But, uh, They'll freeze park yeah, in their car. That's about, about that. it. But the Falcons going uh, from a dome to, uh, I have a hard time remembering. <laughs> Minnesota, that's crazy. They, they should have kept their stadium out. Well, it was an advantage for them. Yeah, it's a huge advantage. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's talk about the other games. Uh, Mike, let me throw it at you, kid. Tennessee, New England. I, of, of the four, I sit here and stare at this and go, uh, well, you know, tough laying a big balloon number in the NFL. We know how that goes, laying 13 and a half, but I don't know that I'm in the, in the mood to take that kind of uh, number either with Tennessee. With uh, Although Mariota, they got it done on the road, but there was a real home road dichotomy with Tennessee all year long. Total on the game is 47 and a half. But you know, even if it's a game, like I said, I'm looking at it going, I may just sit back and watch this thing. Uh, you know, maybe something changes later in the week. Um, but you know people are going to want to play it because it's the game that's on TV. Well, before I answer that, I have a trivia question for Kenny. Kenny, do you know the last time that an NFL team played in their own stadium in the Super Bowl? And there's been 52 Super Bowls or there's been 51? Correct. Yeah, I eat never. Never. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers played at Stanford Stadium, which is close enough. Not their home stadium. Not their home. So it hasn't happened. Not their home stadium. It's a curse. The Vikings have it in them. But, again, no playoff experience, especially yep. with the majority of the offense. It's, you know, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, agree. Go back to what you were saying. Exactly. Um, but with the Patriots, that number is so high. I don't. 
regardless if the Patriots, are they that much better than Tennessee? Probably. But the reality is laying that big of a number, and it probably will balloon over 14, the, the reality is you can't just lay that big wood in the playoffs. And New England is coming off a bye. They're rested. Tennessee's got the momentum on their side. This is the type of game that, again, we do this with most games, that we're not just going to take a, a game before it starts and just pray. We're going to wait till halftime. We're going to see if we have an edge. And we did that last weekend many of times, where even if we're on the wrong side when the game starts, we'll buy back at halftime and at least break even on the game because we're trading the game within the game. Let's go to Sunday, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. I know where uh, you know, John's going here, unless he buys it down to seven. But seven, seven and a half, uh, the total on the game is 41. Now, if you watched the game last week, you say in a million years you would never consider Jacksonville. They did beat Pittsburgh earlier in the year. Uh, the, the difference is Roethlisberger is more of a stationary target, and Jacksonville does pressure the quarterback. They're going to have to win the turnover battle, not by one. I think they got to win the turnover battle by three. Uh, Brown is back. Bell's a highlight reel. Uh, it's a video game offense for Pittsburgh when they're on top of it. The reality of it is Jacksonville couldn't play any worse. They were, I mean, honestly, badly outplayed in the game. It was Buffalo's own ineptitude that cost them the game. Bortles was horrible. But you know what? They're playing, Kenny. They're, you're still breathing. And everybody, what did we last see? Jacksonville look atrocious. Uh, and frankly, I would have thought that number might be higher. Well, you're right. I thought it might have been a little higher, too. Let me, real quick, I'm going to go back. Uh, Atlanta, Philly, general public is going to be all over Atlanta. It's going to be 90%. Uh, the, Why? Because they're in love with the Atlanta Falcons because the Atlanta Falcons were in the in, in the Super Bowl last year. And, and nobody li- and nobody <laughs> likes Foles. Nobody likes Foles. Right. No one likes Foles, and they all like the Falcons. General public will be all over. You may see three and a halfs on that game. The next one, everybody's going to be on the Patriots. General public all over the Patriots. I had, I had Brady on my fantasy team. I was I was in the running to win my fantasy league. Brady cost me my fantasy league because he played so poorly down the stretch. There's been a lot of talk. Is his arm tired? Is he is he lost strength in his arm? Uh, who knows? But Tennessee beat a team that had a better quarterback, better running back, and better wide receiver on their team, and better tight end till he got hurt at halftime. And, and they may have the best defensive coordinator of football, Dick LeBeau. And it's not that it hasn't happened before. Maybe others right pop off at the top of your head. Uh, but backup quarterbacks, Jeff Hostetler took the Giants to go and win a Super Bowl. Uh, Frank Reich, as a backup, did it. took them all the way to the Super Bowl. Earl Morrill did, did it for the— Earl Morrill, yep. very great one. Um, there's there's a lot of them. I, somebody Stabler got hurt one year, didn't they? And who ste- somebody stepped in and won for the Raiders, I think. Uh, well, Daryl Monica was there. I think he was experienced. But let's go back to this game now. Um, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, hey, uh, there's no guarantee Brown's going to be even close to 100. percent That's a nasty injury that he got hit. Yeah. I was afraid that guy could career could be over. That was a dangerous hit. He may not be 100%. And you said this offense is a is a video game offense. They have not been video game one time this entire season. Roethlisberger threw five interceptions the first time he played Jacksonville. Uh, this Jacksonville pass defense is the best in the NFL Second, by amazing. far. They yeah. are the best, and they will shut their passing game down. This is going to be a battle, and it's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's going to be a battle down to the wire. But general public... This may be the biggest general public game of all three that we talk about, and that's why I brought the general public up. They are all over the Steelers. And, John, I will take take this with be either being a contrarian or going the other way. You look at the total on the game, and, and I'll tell you this right now, I, I, and I will say I, I know I'm going this way. Um, the total on the game is 41. And you look at Jacksonville couldn't get out of their own way last week. 30-9 to nine was the score of the first game. Uh, I, I think this game actually features a lot of points. And I, the and first I, time they and, did it, and, and, I'll, t- and I'll, t- I'll tell you why it's going to score. Listen, uh, if, especially if Pittsburgh gets the lead, and you force Bortles to throw, he'll have some moments. The Steelers will go to the nonsensical prevent, but this guy will also get colorblind and throw it to the wrong color jersey and create a short field. So even though it's like maybe the lowest total on the board, I think this has the potential to be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Well, the first time they played, I think that was the game. I, I think that I remember my son texting me and said. Jacksonville scored your age, Dad, against the Ravens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they scored forty in London. They, well, in London, they scored forty-four against the Ravens. So we know that Jacksonville can put it up. There was also, two. There was to, to add to that. Uh, 
Well, to add to that, I personally think Jacksonville now, you got to throw out that last game. That's not how they've been playing. But I believe that their wide receiving core now, with D.D. Westbrook getting into the mix, is way better than they were with Hearns and Allen Robinson because last year they were pathetic with both those guys that came off you know, years prior that were really, really good. And now they've, they've molded each other to be that you know, run for net, get in there. And realistically, they have the best corner in the game Ramsey is going to be, get all the money, and he's the one guy that could shut down Brown, who we have no idea how he's going to play. This is, this is the worst scenario for Pittsburgh, personally. They have a, a quarterback that's not mobile, that their defense is all about the pass rush without sending a blitz, and they play man on the outside. It's, it's the perfect scenario to beat I, Ben Roethlisberger. I, and I, I, would, I would throw this, in, you know, uh, we say it, and, and, and it happens, but I, I don't know that you blindly just go out and say, I'm going I'm to live with this uh, with your handicap of the game. But I do think it's a correlated parlay. If Jacksonville is winning this game, it's low scoring. I mean, that's how Jacksonville will win the game. I'm talking about winning the game. They have to run Fournette. They have to shorten the game. They have to keep Roethlisberger and those guys off the field. Uh, it, once points start getting scored, uh, the defenses can chip in and, and produce points on their own. Brian's got me totally confused because he just came up. This is going to be the highest scoring no, game I, of no, the week. No, no, and you kind of make an. <laughs> end, I don't and, think Jacksonville. That's okay win. though. That's okay though. We don't want to give out your place for free. You got yeah, but, a strong but, but, play. No, but in I the don't game. think Jackson. I mean, I don't think Jacksonville's winning the game. Oh I'm saying if they are going to win the game, it's got to be a, a, a 2013-2014 kind of game. I could see the game being high scoring just for the fact that it's two great defense. Well, there's a great offense on Pittsburgh, but the, it's just crazy things can happen in these type of games. And I think you're right. People remember what they saw last. And go back to the first game they played was high scoring. Bortles only threw for 95 yards in that game. Well, it was all defense. Fournette had 180 rushing yards, but 80 was on one run to end the game. There you or go. It was a 90 yard. Right. I think he had a 90 yard yeah. run for a touchdown when they were trying to basically run the clock out and they had the and they had the lead. So, um, but he yeah, did have down. yeah on third down. But he did have a big game against him. Uh, he had 100. And, he had 90 yards going into that carry. Rushed for 180 and amazing. Bortles just 95 yards that weekend and less than 100 last weekend. I mean, there are opportunities all over, over the place. John, uh, with the halftime wagering, this will be a very intriguing game based on what happens in the first half, and I know you'll be sitting there ready to play the second half. I'm I'm sitting here waiting for the Arsenal-Chelsea game in one hour, and you know what I'm happy about? In regular American sports, in North American sports, you can't play for a tie. I'm, like, doing research while I'm doing this radio show with you guys, and I'm looking at... Really, there's a compelling reason why this game should end in a draw today, which is a bettable opportunity at the various places around town. Go down and bet the draw in this game. It starts at one hour when we get off the air. I can't wait for the the Olympics. (laughs) But here's the whole thing. And it's on the board, babe. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why... I don't think soccer, they, when they changed the rules, how long ago was that in the NHL when there was no more ties? They had a strike, and then they, somebody had a win in overtime. Americans like to see a winner. And so when you're looking at, like I'm looking at the soccer game, which starts in an hour, it's a very big deal in Europe. Literally, that draw is a very good possibility that they're going to both play to not score. And, and what is it? And plus, like what? Plus 250 on the three-way plus line? 295. There you 295. go. 295. Yeah. 295. So, you know, I, I go back to, at least with U.S. sports, there's always a victor. You know what I mean? You like that big word? A victor. There's always a somebody has to win the game. And that that's the, and, and that's the best thing about, you know, it, even though we do all sports all around the world, I will say that it's nice to know that when we watch basketball, baseball, football, hockey, we know at the end of the day, unless you have, what is it, two overtimes in the NFL, that there's a winner. All right, sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. It's crazy, Kenny. College football ends, but it's like you know, opportunity after opportunity, more things start to crop up. Golf returned. You've got golf each and every weekend. And believe me, just the in-play aspect of all sports now with mobile apps, you can watch the first two days of a golf tournament and sit there, and there are, there are nice opportunities there. I, I just I bring the golf up uh, that the Olympics are coming are going to be on the board, and uh, and I know near and dear to your heart, pitchers and catchers is not far away. Never never stops. And, and, go ahead. 
No, no, I was going to say real quick before we get into baseball. By the way, Kenny, the favorites are winning 53% of the time in college basketball. The dogs are winning 53% of the time in NBA. So if you've been betting $100 on every dog in the NBA, you're up $560 at 307 and 274. So you're saying at the end of the season, both parity 50-50 one has the edge now the other one has the edge and the other one they usually go back to even right it, it definitely it's going to be 50-50 from here on out but you know Brian brings up a good point with the golf um and Mike with the soccer it, it's those are really value that's there's so much value because everybody's following these four playoff games this weekend but who's right. following the golf this weekend? Yeah. You know, that's that's where you're going to find Fine an edge. First field, a you're, full field event. Yeah, yeah, that's you. Who's following the soccer? There's a lot of Europeans, but who's following the Israel League? Not very many people, and that's where you find soft lines, and that's where you find an edge, and you have something going for you to allow you to bet seven straight bets at a hundred dollars, and you go four and three or three and four, but you make that thousand dollar bet on that Israel Soccer League game, and now you're way ahead for the week. Absolutely. And, you know, th- that goes back to even me looking at this England Premier League game that starts in an hour. Obviously, that's a lower-rated play because there's more volume on it. The handle on it's bigger because more people care about that. That's the NFL of soccer. So you're right. I would say Israel's like Youngstown State in college basketball. And, you, yeah, it's hard to get a lot of money down on those games, but you can definitely get a 1000 down and take advantage. And that goes back to... Treating it as a business, don't worry about what shape the ball is. Me and you did our video, Millionaire Makers Report, and as you, real quick, because we know baseball's around the corner. You love baseball, don't you, Kenny? More millionaires have been made in baseball than any other sport, because you got every single day you watch teams get hot. You basically, you got a dime line. You're betting into a 20-cent line in football. Now you're betting into a dime line, uh, the cheapest uh, juice that you can face all season long, and it's, like I said, it's daily. You get hot and get on a big streak and a run. Doesn't take long to win a million bucks uh hey you gave out a free play today as well usually never do that but uh your arsenal tie plus 290 a lot of value there as well exactly and by the way you said parlays in football and basketball i believe in the past are not good wages but you get the true odds in baseball correct yes you do much uh you know a lot of correlated parlays as well when you're looking at uh visitor and over home and under fellas have a good one and we'll see you in vegas next week john I'll see you next week in studio. All right, Mike, have a good one, bud. Enjoy the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and we'll be back with you again next Wednesday, 10 a.m. on Sports Insider Radio. Kenny, always good to see you, sir. Rocking that Foles jersey. It might be uh, a little omen there. See if the Eagles. You got them for the NFC, too, right? Got them to win the NFC. Two two wins I need. All right. Uh, We'll talk more. Sports Insider Radio. Talk and more. 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and at KSHP.com. USA Radio News. I'm doing it for the uh, people of Arizona, for our country, and to uh, support our great president. Former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who announced earlier that he will be running for the Senate seat that is currently being occupied by Senator Jeff Flake. Arpaio had some strong words for Flake, who yesterday came out and said he would not endorse Arpaio. 